We are live. Well, this is Pitch Deck Asia. We are in the Asia Tech Podcast studio. My name is Graham Brown. I'm joined by Carl Van. Carl, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's really, really good to be here. It's great to have you here. Now, talk a little bit about your background before we talk about a bit of property. Mm -hmm. You're Estonian. Yeah. You live between two worlds, Estonia and Singapore. Your company's registered here in Singapore, right? But you live in Estonia. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about the story there. How did that happen? All right. Well, it actually it happened uh, almost essentially a year and a half ago. Mm. Um, me and my um, co-founder, uh, Tavi, we uh, packed our bags and uh, came came to Singapore on January 27th, 28th, something like that, mm. in the end of January. And uh, then uh, we came with already uh, with the idea. We already knew what we wanted to do. And uh, then we started essentially came here to essentially start fundraising. Mm. Uh, the reason why we came to Singapore uh, was actually there were like three things, I would say. Uh, one is that we actually saw um, a gap in the um, in the th in what we do at the moment, right? In the real estate investment space, so that was the first one, which we saw a huge huge potential here. Uh, secondly, uh, we had um, actually already people here. Uh, there are like two, like a couple of my best friends have already come here mm. to start their own startups, and they've been actually quite success successful here, and. Um, and lastly, uh, there was a friend who also has been in the, um, uh, venture, capitalist, the venture capitalist area, and um, he has de dealt a lot of with startups, so he was helping us a lot and putting together with us with the investors. So that, that was essentially the three things why we came here. Mm. And uh, yeah, then we started fundraising. We did it successfully and started a company here. We have a company also in Estonia. So... This is like a HQ here in Estonia. We have a subsidiary, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, I mean, then we, you That's know, the story. That's yeah. how, so, did you turn up in Singapore with a business? Had you started the business at that point? Was it just an idea? This was actually on a essentially on an idea stage. Right. Yeah. So you just you and Tavi, you said, let's do Singapore backpacks. Turn up. Yes. Let's raise some funds. <laughs> yes. Well, good for you. I mean, it's quite a brave move as well. Estonia is quite well known as a, a hotspot for startups as well, isn't it? I mean, that whole sort of area. I yes. Mean, you have yes, a lot that's yes. come out of the whole sort of Baltic area. Is that correct? What would you call it? So, yeah, Baltic. Sometimes now Estonians like to call themselves like Nordics. Nordics. Okay. <laughs> we <laughs> the want to feel Nordic. better about ourselves, right. but, you know, the Baltics, yeah, essentially yeah. the Baltics. There's a lot of innovations <laughs> come out of that area. I mean, if you, you know, you've obviously got like Spotify and like Skype that have come out of like, you know, yeah. Sweden, for example. Stockholm is obviously a powerhouse and you've yeah. got like Tallinn, yeah. which is like, you know, well known for entrepreneurial talent. Why didn't you stay there? I mean, why did you sort of fly halfway across the world to mm -hmm. do what you wanted to do? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I mean, as I said, one of the reasons was that uh, raising, I mean, uh, one of the things which I feel in Estonia, at least, and what I've heard as well, is that actually raising capital in Estonia for es essentially, especially if you're like very on an idea stage, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's quite, quite tough. The ecosystem is very good. I, I would say the startup ecosystem. Uh, we have a lot of successful startups there, mm. but um, what it might be lacking is the actually the capital. Right. Right. So that was one of the things, and we would have yeah easily you know you can go to I don't know like Berlin or London, which is like way closer, mm. right? But we didn't have contacts there, so we had already I had like three or four friends already here, so <clears throat> living here almost like year or two years. 
So they have had already quite substanti substantial contact base mm -hmm. to go to. So we thought like, hey, first let's try that. And then if, if it doesn't work out, then we can also, you know, go to uh, near countries right. nearby, right? So, plan B. Uh, yeah, that was the plan B. But plan A yeah. worked. Yeah, plan All A right, worked. Well, let's talk yeah. about plan A. Let's <laughs> talk about a bit of property. We have your pitch deck here. Mm -hmm. So if you are listening to the audio podcast version of this, you can get the um, the full video on pitchdeck.asia. For now, we'll talk through this and we'll have a look at the pitch deck. Bit of property. Now, obviously, with a name like that, Bitcoin is somewhere in there. I mean, obviously, <laughs> blockchain is involved at some point, I imagine, with a name like that. We're going to delve into that in a minute. Talk about property mm -hmm. itself. What, what was the problem that you're solving here? Why do we need this? Mm-hmm. So there are essentially three challenges that we are uh, seeing in the real estate investment space. Mm -hmm. uh, one is that it is uh, it has a high capital requirement, so to get in. So this is one of the things which uh, is maybe might be you know uh, you know keeping people away from investing into properties, or they're putting too much money into one mm. uh, one property they cannot diversify, right? Secondly, is the time uh, time intensiveness. Uh, it goes uh, in actually in um, First, in the due diligence phase, so you have to know the market, you have to understand the property market, the investments, and the locations. And afterwards, once you have made the investment, then you also have to deal with the tenants, the management. So this also takes time actually to get some you know, cash flow from there, right? Mm -hmm. And lastly is the, illi uh, the liquidity issue. So real estate has been relatively illiquid compared to other asset classes, mm -hmm. right? So being able to sell your property easily and very quickly, it's, you know... It takes time, right? Mm. On average, like six months when you get uh, when you get can sell your property. So I think that's a quite a long time compared to other asset classes. So these are the three things we see that can be changed. Actually, mm. Mm. yeah. Okay. So quick look at those the problems that exist in real estate and. Uh, the, the three sort of pain points that you've identified: mm -hmm. high capital requirement. You've got to have the money in, obviously, like the deposit or the down payment, and illiquid. You can't just sell off a back bedroom, can you, mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. a house, which you could do if you had like other types of assets. And it's time intensive as well. I mean, you talk about six months and, you know, the, the shortest you could probably sell a property was in, you know, two months possibly, but mm -hmm. average probably about five to six months. Okay, so you've identified all these problems and what are you going to do about it? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Tell us what the solution to that is. So what we have essentially built is uh, is a decentralized real estate uh, marketplace for people to engage in real estate investments in mm -hmm. a in a uh, in a starting from small amounts and in an easier manner, so to say. So what people can do, they can browse the properties on on the platform, uh, choose whichever they like. They can then invest, essentially co-invest, meaning that they can put smaller amounts in the property, actually starting from 50 euros uh, on our platform. Mm -hmm. And then they receive, uh, because we are dealing with existing properties, we are uh, looking only for properties which are uh, tenanted and uh, at the moment residential properties. So they receive monthly rental income um, to their wallet, which mm -hmm. they can reinvest or you know uh, withdraw to their uh, personal bank account. And uh, lastly, they can sell their shares um, essentially whenever they want. So right. uh, at the moment, we have we don't have yet the market, a uh, full secondary market place ready where you can buy and sell the, your, your shares in the property. Mm. But uh, this is at the moment already in right. development. But at the moment, yeah, 
people invest, they are usually investing uh, about like three years. Mm. Uh, their money is essentially locked. Well, I, I imagine if you're, you're appealing to professional landlords or people who are want to get into that space is that in, in many cases, they don't want to sell on their shares and they only sell on their shares if there's a problem. They need liquidity, <laughs> they need capital, or it's just a dog of a property. Most landlords if or people who want to create rental income if the if the the asset is good, we want to keep it forever. They don't yeah. want to sell out, so that's not an issue at this point. The fact that you don't have that secondary market, right? It's not that people are yeah. buying and flipping. Yeah, and yeah, saying, yeah, 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 okay. yeah. All right. So, so I understand. So if we, we go back to that model, if we can have a look at the pitch deck again. So let me understand. As a property investor, I'm looking at this. Okay, that's interesting as a as a proposition. Mm -hmm. You know, um, even though I'm in the market, and you're also appealing to a wider group of people who aren't in the market yet mm -hmm. as well, mm -hmm. right? Who owns the properties at this stage? The ones that you're are you acquiring them and then reselling them on to your customers, or do mm -hmm. people group buy them? How does it work? Yeah, it's as um, I would say. It's more. It's actually a group buying. So we don't acquire them um, uh, beforehand. Um, at uh, so. What happens essentially is that the uh, property owner or the developer, uh, they wish to sell their, you know, uh, either apartment or some couple of units in the in their mm. building. Uh, we go over the, you know, the their proposal and look at the properties from the uh, if the numbers make sense. So the, from the financial side. So fr then from the technical side, if the property is actually, you know, uh, well-maintained mm. so that it would actually generate good profit for the investors. And thirdly, from the legal aspects, so that everything would be safe and sound for the investor. So once these three boxes are essentially ticked, property will be put on the platform. Um, it has <clears throat> some certain target which needs to be reached in terms mm. of like money. And um, there is also a time period, like a campaign crowdfunding campaign period mm. essentially so so either um it would be successful if either of those two will be um you know uh essentially uh, you know the target's reached target right? is reached yeah. either yeah. target is reached or you know the time uh, expires yeah. and uh, but maybe the target is reached very end of this okay. stage right so it's either of those those two yeah why, why would i as a as a a property owner want to list on this platform because I might say, well, I can just kind of sell it to the residential mm -hmm. market with one buyer. Mm -hmm. I'm not dealing with 200 buyers. You know, mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. 200 heads with different opinions. Why, why would I want to go this way? Okay. So there are actually like, um, actually, I would say again, like three things. First is that developer, the developers actually see this as a good way, a new way to sell right. their property, right? So uh, they build, you know, let's say 100 units, you know, 50 will will be bought by, you know, uh, individual buyers and uh, some, there, there is some leftover. So actually they, they see this as a good uh, way to sell mm. their property. Uh, secondly, property owners, we have actually been contacted by the individual property owners who have the rental property and they want to put the property on the platform and they can, they want to sell maybe 30 or 40%, right. keep the 50 or 60% themselves uh, divide the you know the cash flow from there, and you know they see this as a good way to you know release the capital from mm. the you know the from their asset essentially. Yeah. And um, lastly, as today we are an early st stage startup, right? So we are just building up uh, the platform, the user base, and everything. So, but if you look at the statistics, how uh, the time it takes for to fundraise for the uh, campaign versus 
you go out and you know sell the property on your own on the regular listing site. So this is way much faster mm. uh, happens than you know if you would you know do it on the regular listing site, right? Mm. So that would be your essentially um, uh, reason why would you you know right. actually sell the property on on our platform? Okay, so let's sort of put this uh, back into context. I think it's important to understand that the the properties are tenanted, right? Correct. So that's really important factor isn't it because a they're already producing income mm -hmm. and that's income is locked in for however long that tenancy is so they yep. can understand what they're going to get a return on mm -hmm. and generally tenanted properties don't sell very well in the residential market because most sort of walk-in buyers when they want to buy their home mm -hmm. don't want to buy a home if granny's living in the home right or there's a couple in there and so on this is specifically for property investors and generally those markets from my experience, don't exist in the residential space. Like you'd have to talk to an agent who'd say, oh, by the way, I've got this property. Mm -hmm. You know, he doesn't want to sell it in the high street window mm -hmm. because it's got a tenant that scares people off, but they have to do it on a very sort of like personal network basis, you know, like an off, the, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, off the sort of like the main sort of advertising real estate. So that is, I guess, a problem if you're trying to sell a property in the market with a tenant, right? What you're saying is now people can go in and buy parts of that. So effectively, a landlord can chunk off a percentage of that that uh, property deed to you know a whole bunch of investors, right? Is Correct. that what you're saying? Correct. So I'm just trying to work this through myself. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. if mm -hmm. I owned a property, I had it tenanted, it was producing an income for me. If that was producing positive cash flow for me, I might say, look, I could maybe free up a bit of capital without mm -hmm. selling this thing. Mm-hmm. And lose a bit of my cash flow, so I could actually make it balance a little bit, but now sell off a bit of the capital as well. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting proposition. Yeah, yeah, it is actually. Uh, I'm doing the selling <laughs> for you here, but I'm, trying, I'm a property investor myself, right? So mm -hmm. the issue is it's binary. I have to sell the property, or I keep it and get the yeah. income. If it is a, a good property producing a lot of income, you know, if you've bought well mm -hmm. and you treated mm -hmm. it well then actually I could maybe reduce that property income a little bit and get some cash out of it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you can invest this cash either, you know, buy another property or, you know, however you want to, you know, utilize this, right? Yeah. Okay, good. The next part in this is the interesting aspect. We're going to bring in the technology <laughs> because th there are similar models that exist outside of the, the technical space. I mean, there's like Fund My Street and all these sort of crowdfunding real estate mm -hmm. platforms out there. And they've been around for a few years. They mm -hmm. exist. However, blockchain discuss let's move on to the, the <laughs> blockchain slide if we can have a look at slide number seven we'll jump forward um this is the bit where i need help understanding so explain to me where blockchain comes in all right so blockchain in our uh platform uh comes in uh when the investors make the investment so whenever they click the button um in the in the during the flow that okay i verify my, confirm my investment so this is the part where the investment will be recorded on the blockchain uh, we're using public public blockchain called ethereum and uh, your investment is recorded there and uh, the property itself is also uh, already tokenized whenever mm. we put it on, on, on the platform. So what investors essentially can do is that they can um, view their investment in Etherscan. So how many investors are actually investing and how much people are investing, but they don't know them because they are essentially hashed, right, mm. the people. So they're incognito, right? So, but you can, uh, we want to be like as transparent as possible with the investment. So 
and uh, in the smart contract what is written is uh, at the moment it's in the early stage i would say so it's the amount you invested and the property code Mm. But uh, we are now building in there also the investment agreement so that it's actually a legally binding uh, document, essentially, mm. right? And the token which you receive, we just recently got it cleared with uh, in Estonia with the notary office and the lawyers that this uh, is actually, you know, uh, you know legal binding, you know, document. binding yeah. document, right, yeah. the token. So this is the transparency and the, the essentially the security. So we're bringing all the investments also uh, away from our platform mm. in case something should happen or anything. You, the investors still have the security and uh, they can actually claim, claim on this asset. Right. right. Yeah. So this is the interesting part about what you're doing because property is one of the oldest, you know, legal legalized businesses in the world in the sense you have like deeds and you have freeholds mm. and leaseholds and it's quite feudal. Yeah. It goes back to many, many hundreds of years old. And it's not been disrupted very much in the last 500 years, to be honest. Yeah. And then you're coming along and I'm just wondering because that, that part you're talking about making it legit, you know, making it legal is that if I owned a property there is a loan on the property, which mm -hmm. is the bank's loan, and they have a charge on the property, which basically means that if I default, the bank could repossess the property, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How do you sort of, you know, what sort of, I know you've mentioned, for example, like notarizing it and so on, speaking to notaries, is how do you, how do you sort of bring that into the, the context of making that legal? Because, you know, what I'm trying to say is that if, it all goes wrong at the end of the day, somebody has to claim that asset back and mm -hmm, own that mm -hmm, house. Mm -hmm. Right. And there may be, you know, when you're dealing with hundreds of investors, how do you deal with that? How do you make, that must be a real headache, isn't it? Uh, actually, no, because the thing is that uh, currently the two properties that we have um, uh, done, they are full equity, no leverage. Mm. Uh, the third one at the moment ongoing, the same. Uh, we don't take leverage on that. This is full equity. So there's so no loans on the property. No right? loans okay. on the property. Yeah, and uh, um, eventually, uh, when the property is you know sold or uh, needs to be needs to be sold, right, and the money cash needs to be distributed back to the investors, we have set up uh, another security layer for that. Mm. Uh, it's called the security agent. This is a third party law firm who comes with us uh, to the notary office whenever we uh, purchase a property and um, with with the investor money. So essentially what, what happens there is that he makes sure that, you know, everything is, you know, done, mm -hmm. you know, by the book. And um, in case the, it needs to be, you know, liquidated, the property, then they are the, like, if everything goes well, I mean, property is mm -hmm. just liquidated because of the investment term ended, right? And we're going to sell the property, distribute back the money. This we will do on our own. Right. In case something happens, then the... Th the security agent will come uh, and actually deal with the liquidation and giving money back to the investors. Got so it. they have the you know the transcripts of all the investors and who are in and how much they own, etc., etc. Right. So you're um, still interfacing with the old world of legal yeah, documents. Yeah. And... Uh, yes. A bit, okay. Yeah. Because yeah, you I mean, have the, to. Yeah, it's still I have a bricks to kind of, and mortar. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I got it. So as I understand, going back to the example, if I was a, a property owner mm -hmm. and I had equity in the business. Sorry, in, in the in the property, and I had a loan, a charge on that property, and I wanted to free up some capital and sell it. I couldn't go through this platform because there's a charge. There's there's a mortgage um, e mm -hmm. or mortgager on that property mm -hmm. who you know has a charge, and it wouldn't work in this setup. It has to be completely owned by myself. 
Uh, at the, yeah, that, w- that would complicate things mm. at the moment uh, in this case. However, we are already working on the next property um, after the depot house, mm. which is live at the moment. So uh, this one, uh, w- it's the first one we're going to do with the leverage, most mm. likely. So um, let's see how that goes. All let's right. see how it can, yep. you know, uh, you know, structure it. Yeah, oh, well, best <laughs> of luck with that. Let's have a look at that example that you bring up, the depot house. So if we can bring up the, um, the case study example here. If we just sort of flash forward to slide 13, I think, is it this one here? Yes. All right. So tell us a little bit about this one. This is in Estonia. Yes, this right. is in Estonia. It's um, it's in a city center and it's um, like a new development at the moment, still in development. So um, in this case for the depot house is you can see um, uh, that we're going to acquire like three units mm. from, from, from there. So and... Uh, what I, in this case, which is very sort of like unique for this deal, I would say, is that the developer has guaranteed the 7% um, uh, re- rental return, rental return yeah. okay. for two years, even though the property is still in development. So mm-hmm. they will finish it up um, uh, early next year. So during that phase, even if the property is funded, uh, successfully funded by the investors, they already start receiving the rental income. So right. this is very unique about it. And um, what you, even if you look at the other properties that we have done, we sort of keep the same um, like the path. So essentially, we are looking at freshly built uh, developments. Yeah. So because we believe that then there is less, um, I mean, issues with the technical side, yeah. the maintenance and everything, right? right. And uh, yeah. Okay. So th- this case is a development where you're buying three units from the developer. Correct. And I would have thought your model worked quite well or had the most sort of value add to a developer in the sense that developer needs liquidity fast, right? Yes. I mean, that's why they sort of sell off in tranches, don't they? In like, you know, plan A, plan B and so on. Mm-hmm. And you're able to generate that cash for them quickly, right? And that's what you seem to be doing here. You're, selling, you're buying into three units and you're mm-hmm. buying it just so we can just go through the numbers here. These are on the, the video version if you want to have a look in the pitch deck as well. If you want to go to Pitch Deck Asia and check out the pitch deck for a bit of property. Um, just walk us through some of the numbers. So you're buying three units. You What is the price of the unit there? My eyesight's going. Is that 204,000 euros? Or? Uh, yes, this is like for three units. So, right. so And this also includes the... Uh, the fees which uh, come with you know acquiring the property. Right. I mean, you, you all still in two hundred four thousand. Yeah, so all fees. Yeah. Wow, that's cheap. And what kind of rental would you get off those? Uh, they, are, I mean, it is around seven percent. Seven percent of actually two hundred four thousand. Yeah. So you're getting about fourteen thousand. Is yeah. that correct? Yeah. A year. Seven yeah. percent net gross. So that's before tax, right? So seven percent, fourteen thousand. That's a good rental return for that's a good one compared yeah. to singapore as an example right yes so singapore yes, obviously yes, the property yes. prices are <laughs> well inflated okay and di- what about is so with a, a development like this are there like high maintenance fees to pay or you know like common fees like usually communal charges are usually quite high on these developments in other countries no actually but i would say that in estonia it's not i mean they're uh, the new essentially the new developments uh, the freshly built buildings they are actually uh, built in a very good uh, how to call that like the energy grade essentially yeah. uh, so and the tenant is uh, pays uh, the all the communal right. fees anyways right, right. so okay yeah. 
So they're not sold as like a leasehold. I don't know the system. And like in the UK, for example, they have this archaic system. Where yeah. Leaseholds and freeholds. And I yeah. don't know how it is in Estonia. You're probably a bit more advanced than the UK. Uh, I mean, we yeah, we don't have like different types of yeah, this leasehold and freehold. So yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So in it's this case, 204,000, you go to your market, you go to your potential investors and you say, hey, look, this is the, cr- this is the funding goal, 204,000. Yeah. And then... Anybody can come in. At what kind of level can they enter? You said 50 euros. So somebody could come in at 50 euros? Or? Yeah. The the first two were actually the minimum investment amount was 500 euros. Right. But for this property, we have decided uh, to try and let's see how it, the market reacts when we put it like 50 euros, right? Mm. At the moment, now I think none of the investors have put like 50 euros in. Right. So, I mean, yeah, just... This is to also let investors in who actually have uh, very little like money or yeah. capital, but they yeah. really want to try out, mm. right? So just, just to test the market, essentially, or just to test the water, mm. right? So, um, yeah. It's 500. Uh, 50. This one oh, for they 50. Can come in at yeah, 50. this one for 50. Yeah, depot house is 50. Wow. So how many investors did you get on on that one? Uh, which one? This, the depot house. It's still ongoing. Oh, it's still ongoing. It's how still how ongoing, many investors yeah. do you think you'll get? I it, think around... Like 50 plus, definitely. 50 plus, so they're coming in yeah. like 4,000 average, right? S- something like that. 50 right. to 100, somewhere in between there. Yeah, and yeah. the investors aren't known to each other? How do you mean? They So you say you're putting it on the, the blockchain. So do I know who the investors are? Uh, no, you don't, because right. this is the beauty of blockchain, right. is that uh, you don't know the other person, hmm. but you see that essentially this it's called public address, right? right. So it's But it's a hash. So it's uh, just a sequence of numbers and letters, different ones. So yeah. you don't know. I mean, you can know. If I know your public address, then essentially I would know that it's you. Right, okay. But, but yeah. only if I told you that yeah, address, yeah, yeah. that hashtag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do you deal with that in the sense that obviously one of the, the big concerns for government is fraud and laundering of mm-hmm. money, right? How do you deal with that? Because I don't know if <clears> the money going into an investment like that is coming from dark markets. It could be <laughs> from any kind of nefarious activities. Yeah. How have you sort of dealt with that? Because that must be one of the big sort of question marks that mm-hmm. government and regulators yeah. have raised about this kind of activity. So a uh, very, I think, crucial point to point uh, to like to note here is that we, uh, we do not deal with crypto money, mm. right? We are using blockchain as a technology but we are not dealing with cryptocurrency, mm. essentially, at, at least at, at this stage, uh, not, right? So all the investors who invest must be KYC compliant. So they, you know, provide all the documents and necessary information about themselves. We uh, keep the documents uh, for the anti-money laundering and, right. you know, other regulations, rules and regulations that we need to follow. And uh, we do the background checks and make sure that, uh, you know, everything is done, you know, by the book. So, Yeah. Okay, so you have that KYC process in yeah, place, yeah, yeah, where yeah, you yeah. ID, etc., all those kind of things. Right? Yeah, correct. And, right. and when they state their uh, uh, bank account there, the money has to be transferred from the bank bank account which, yeah. which they stated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good, excellent. Okay, well, just in rounding up, a couple of things I want to ask you. Um, I noticed on your LinkedIn profile you said you're recruiting as well. I'll ask you about that in a minute. <laughs> the kind of like team you are. Maybe we can start that. The first thing is about looking at your um, team itself. Yeah. You know, and who you are. If we can just flash forward <clears> to the end of your um, pitch date. So you've mentioned Tavi, yourself, Carl as well. We have another co-founder, Timo. Timo. Yeah. All right. Okay. Where did you guys meet? 
Uh, actually, I know Tavi for a long time. Tavi is uh, uh, actually a uh, um, husband of my sister. Okay. All right. <laughs> so uh, I, I know Tavi since uh, I think 13 years or maybe a bit less. I don't know, something like that. Right. And uh, Timo, I've known, um, I think, three, four years. Mm -hmm. Timo is uh, Tavi's course mate by, in the university. Okay. Uh, was. Uh, so, yeah. And you're all Estonian. You all live in Estonia. We're all Estonians, yeah. yeah. Did you think you would ever move out here to Singapore? Would that ever be an option? Uh, like actually living yeah. here? Um, yeah. It's an option. It's to, an option. To be discussed. Yeah, right. to, to be discussed. Right. Okay. <laughs> Not committing now on air or anything like that. Okay. And are you, you said you, you've raised <clears throat> money when you came to Singapore. Was that, yeah. what was that, like a pre-seed, a friends and family round or... Yeah, this was a pre-seed round. Uh, we raised it from um, um, a Singapore um, incubator called mm. Space mm. Uh, Space Ventures. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, they were our first uh, investors in the yeah the market. Okay, and at the moment, are you raising? Uh, at the moment, no, no. Yeah, so, so you're good at the moment for now. Uh, we're good. We, I mean, this was the first one, the pre-seed uh, pre-seed round, mm. and uh, after that, in this year in May. Uh, we uh, finished our seed round of investment mm -hmm. with the two angel investors, mm -hmm. one from Estonia, one from Finland. And uh, the lead investor in this round was uh, a Japanese company called Leafful. They are, uh, they are a real big, the biggest mm -hmm. real estate listing site in Japan. Yeah. And uh, now also, I think, the number one real estate data aggregator in, in the world. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Do you think that will ever be a market that you move into? Uh, Japan? Yeah. Definitely. We're actually uh, going uh, through uh, the process, or actually the Leafful is going through the process of yeah. uh, getting licensed mm. uh, for to doing such activity in Japan. So we are um, uh, looking ways to how we can, you know, collaborate and uh, bring the bit of property also to uh, more to uh, Asia, maybe mm. most likely starting from Japan. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I like that because I have real estate investment interests in Japan as well. And it's a very interesting market mm, in terms yeah, of is. rental yields quite high. Yeah, yeah. And the good thing about this, the tenants seem to stick around for a long time. Like <laughs> if, in Japan, people don't mm -hmm. move around a lot. Yeah. When a tenant goes in, they, they live there for 10 years or 20 years, right? Well, so that's good for the investors. <laughs> that's great. It's great for the investors. Yeah. And they don't complain a lot either. You know, you know, you can go into a rental market where you have, uh, tenants who are high maintenance yeah you know they need somebody to change a light bulb you know you kind of want a tenant to do that themselves right but in japan they tend to not sort of talk to the landlords yeah which is great if you're a landlord as well so okay so watch this space on japan and lastly recruitment so i know you said you were recruiting on your linkedin profile i'm interested to know a little bit about why somebody should come and work for a bit of property mm -hmm. What is it about your culture, your team, you know, mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about that and also tell us about the kind of skills you're looking for and importantly, where in the world, because we've got choices now mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. you're looking for people. Yeah. So, yeah, that's true. I mean, um, we are a tech company, so we already have two uh, tech people um, like working for us. But uh, obvious at the moment, we already feel the need of having actually uh, more of them. So we are looking for a full stack product engineer. So, and if talking about the location, uh, we are actually at the moment headhunting and we're doing it globally uh, from, you know, essentially everywhere. Mm. And um, we are looking for people to relocate to Estonia because we believe that um, in a startup 
in the early stage phase that we are at the moment, people should work together mm. in one room so that there wouldn't be any information asymmetry, so that there, there would be uh, quick and easy communication. Uh, you can bounce the ideas, have uh, ex-prompt meetings. So this is what we believe in. The structure of the team is essentially, or the culture that we build also uh, have, you know, tried to, you know, um, build build out there is that everybody will have to will they have to take uh, ownership in mm. what they do. So we are working. Each has their uh, specific tasks, so to say, and they have to take full responsibility and ownership in what they do. Mm. So. Um, in the future, you would, you know, essentially uh, visualize this as a like a different squads or teams, right? And they're autonomous, mm. essentially, right? So they are each working for what they are, you know, owning, right? And this is very, very important uh, uh, thing what we're looking for in the peop- in the person that we're hiring, right? right? This is the most important because at the moment, one of the things which we cannot allow, and I think startups shouldn't allow, is the management. So you shouldn't manage people, uh, but people should actually take, you know, initiative and ownership, uh, you know, in everything what they do. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. So to recap, you're looking for a full stack engineer, somebody who ideally would relocate to Estonia to be with a team, correct? And somebody who works quite well independently, somebody who sort of can be part of the bigger team but be autonomous. Yeah, correct. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And do they have to be from a particular background? Do they have to be from, do they have to have blockchain experience mm-hmm. or real estate experience? Is there some sort of thing that you would like to see on their mm-hmm. resume? Um, I mean, essentially, if they're like full stack, they need to know all the, you know, the front end, back end, DevOps, all this. Mm. This is, uh, and, you know, understand the clean code. Um, th- secondly, they should be consumer focused. Understanding the you know the consumers because mm. taking over the product essentially building the product, understanding why they are building different features here and there right this is I think it's crucial, and uh, thirdly um, the person uh, should come from the startup background, ha- either you know ex founder or maybe you know having wor- worked in a startup mm. uh, for some time so they understand the dynamic of you know what they're getting into right yeah, exactly. so they won't be how like, important that so, is yeah, right. yeah 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 great. So lastly, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Do you have a preferred channel or preferred medium that you like people mm-hmm. to reach out to you on? I think the best definitely is our website. You know, mm. through the website, you know, you can send us a message there. We have our email there. Um, also, uh, my LinkedIn. I mean, right. feel free to shoot me an email. And uh, we'll I put think... It, yeah, all yeah. in the show notes. So we'll yeah, put all your links yeah. there. Okay, <laughs> excellent. Carl Van, everybody. co-founder of bit of property thanks so much for joining us today and sharing your journey with us i'll be curious to see from a personal interest purely Mm -hmm. it's like how it goes with your um your projects and you know especially this uh depot house and you know what the outshot of that is Mm -hmm. and also you know that bit where we talked about you mentioned that there could be an option now to do this for properties where there were you know loans on the property and you know a landlord maybe wanted to free up some capital as well. Mm-hmm. I'm just really curious because that's a tough one to do. But if you can crack that, then good on you. I'd be interested to get you back on the show and, and share <laughs> your lessons learned, right? Because it's never yeah. going to be straightforward, but it's going to be a journey. And hopefully you can come back on and share that with us. Yes, yes, definitely. Thank you for having me. It was really a pleasure to be here, actually. And Excellent. to share the, share the ideas and thoughts. Thank you, Carl. Thank you.